My name's Rob Howes. This is the SLAS Discovery Podcast. Hi, Bob. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Good. Uh, it's a pleasure to speak to you today. So, you're editor in chief of the SLAS Discovery Journal. Correct. So, could you describe the aims of the journal for us? So, I just want to go back a little bit in history. This originated as a journal for the Society of Biomolecular Screening, which later became um, SLAS, Society for Laboratory Automation and Screening. And so we've evolved and changed our name uh, to SLAS Discovery to have a reflection and a tie-in to the SLAS organization. And so the scope over that time has changed. When we first began, uh, I think it was uh, 96, 97, I don't recall the exact date. Mm. Um, we, the journal, I should say, was really focused on high throughput screening, the faster the better, and um, that evolved over time as screening and automation became more an integral part of the operations, but not necessarily so novel. And then it became more about the application and then the development of tools to handle all the data and then compound management. And it went over, you know, several decades now. And what we've seen is that the impact of the journal and the society has been to help establish standards, but to make automation actually standard and not necessarily something only for rich people or big pharma, it's for uh, anyone to pursue either at a workstation level or fully automated systems, but also the concepts of quantitative biology handling the data in such a way that we can do this rapidly but with good quality control and an understanding of the statistics which helps us then uh, mine the data and that extended first from compounds down to targets so one can screen for targets not just for active compounds mm -hmm. and with the advent of CRISPR and SHRNA they became uh, just sort of the next evolution and then certainly other aspects of drug discovery we had ADME, BK, toxicology, you know, hydrogen methods, the quantitative biology approach became part of that um, effort within our discovery, be it academic or industrial. So the journal, its scope evolved along with it. So now we accommodate all of those things. We're trying to expand more to big data, uh, artificial intelligence, other expansions of quantitative biology, but also understanding other ways to drug targets. We now have covalent inhibitors. We have protein or targeted degradation. Um, there's so many different ways, large molecules, uh, be it antibody or large polypeptide proteins, CRISPR, RNA, targeted therapies. So we're trying to accommodate all of those, but still stick to our main focus, which is quantitative biology. So we put the tagline back to advancing the science of drug discovery because in the end, we're all trying to find either tools or targets that help us understand the science and then apply that to our medical needs. That's great. Thank you. And you've been involved with the journal since the beginning? No, I honestly don't recall exactly when I joined, but I was on the SPS board of directors for two years. I believe that was 2001 to 2003. And after that, um, I wanted to get involved more with the society. And I wasn't quite sure what to do. And I started reviewing lots of papers for the editor at the time, Larry Walker. And right around 
six, seven, uh, he approached me and said, Bob, you know, you have a lot of questions and concerns and maybe you might want to put that to better use. And I know he was just joking. And he said, would you like to take this on? I'm thinking about retiring. And uh, I really wasn't sure. So for 2007, we shared it all. And I got to see what you know time commitment would take. And I found the more I did, the more I enjoyed the interactions with all of the authors, the reviewers, and the editorial board. And then in 2008, I took over the role as editor-in-chief. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, a lot of fun. Very enjoyable experience. That sounds it. So I guess we've just had the SLIS main conference in San Diego in January. And I know we've obviously had an issue of SLIS discovery this year. What are you looking forward to in the journal in 2020? Well, there are always great new topics that come by, some expected, some pleasant surprises. But one of the things that we do put a lot of effort into are special issues. And um, you have that wonderful podcast on the advances in cellular target engagement and deconvolution. Well, upcoming, we will have a special issue on functional genomics in target identification, um, hopefully around June timeframe for publication. And I'm very pleased that we're now partnering with SBI2, um, Society um, of Imaging and um, Informatics, and they're looking at the um, high content imaging and informatics special issue, and this is partnering with Paul Johnston and, and Miles Fennell, and they are people I've known for uh, a number of years. I have great respect for the members of that organization. It seemed like a, a really wonderful synergistic partnership to highlight their efforts and to be consistent with the mandate scope of both the journal and SIS. So those are coming up, and then we have some that were just getting started, one on uh, hit discovery methodologies, just sort of our bread and butter, but we haven't re revisited that for some time. And then more cutting edge, this advances in protein degradation, the protax and molecular glues, which are this you know, really exciting uh, novel approach which many companies have either engaged in or even startups been formed around them. So those are just a few of the things that are coming up. And I'm very excited about all of them, and I encourage people to uh, participate and submit uh, papers to these special issues. Great, thank you. And obviously, outside of being the editor-in-chief of the journal, what about outside of that? What do you do? Tell us about yourself. Oh, gosh. Uh, I am a type A personality, so uh, as you can imagine, uh, I like to keep myself quite busy. So by day, um, I'm a research fellow group leader at uh, Eli Lillian Company in Oncology Discovery. Uh, and in the evenings, when I'm not doing the journal, I actually write for a couple of uh, drummer magazines. I'm a drummer. I play uh, drums in a band, and I'm obsessed with the instrument. I guess it's the analytical part of me. And so I write for both Modern Drummer magazine and a vintage magazine called Not So Modern Drummer. And uh, I do that more on sort of a quarterly basis, but uh, I do that when I go to shows and still play some gigs now and then and have a lot of fun with that. So, um, yeah, it's it's sort of my alternate ego. And, I used to enjoy some of the days when I'd sit in with a molecular group, Perkin Elmer's band, and uh, other bands that might appear at scientific conferences. So, yeah, I do that, and I, I have uh, two wonderful children who now finished college, have great jobs, and a wife who's tremendously supportive of both sides of Bob, the, the scientist <laughs> and the 
the, the wacky drummer and writer. So uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to, to do all these things. That sounds great. So you mentioned about there used to be a band at the conference. I don't think that's happened for a couple of years. Do you, are you looking to get I, the band back together? I'm not sure. I, I honestly haven't looked into it because um, it's been very time-consuming trying to do the best for the journal. And I, and I think I'm putting even more effort than I did before at the conference to find really good papers and posters and get the word out and understand you know, all that the conference has to offer and interact on the um, Knowledge content, content and Delivery Council, KCDC, which I'm a member of. So uh, I haven't had as much time to think about such things. Um, I would certainly love to do it, but, um, you know, it's, it's something I haven't given a lot of thought to. It would be fun, but uh, not the highest priority right now. <laughs> I, I can't wait. For anyone who's listening to the podcast and is thinking of submitting their paper to SLS Discovery, what would your message to them be? I think the message is that you do not have to be the world's expert in a specific subject matter area to write a good paper. And that includes reviews. And the reason I say is certainly we love to have subject matter experts submit. But I found that there have been some really amazing papers written by some very young scientists who've done very comprehensive work, say, for their thesis and decided to put it together for a review. And they actually take a lot of time to come up with some very different perspectives. People who are uh, experts in the field tend to write multiple articles on the same subject, so it's somewhat rehashed. And I'm not saying that for everyone, but it sometimes happens. Whereas a new author uh, will write from a very fresh perspective and, and be very comprehensive. So I would say to new authors, do not think that um, you have too little experience to write. I say write the material, be it fresh data or view or perspective, and see what the re- reviewers say. And certainly that experience, whether it's accepted or not, is a learning experience. The reviewers are there to help you get your work published. If it's not ready, they'll ask you to do additional experiments, and uh, we'll do our very best to coach. So I do think it's a, a good experience for anyone at all levels to participate. So, uh, and if they have any questions, I'm always available uh, at uh, editorcampbell at slas.org, and I answer every email. And I do encourage people to uh, submit to the journal regardless of their experience level, as long as the data has good integrity or the writing is good. And certainly we invite people to be ad hoc reviewers, and that those we encourage as well. Thank you.